we go. On that note, I want to welcome everybody to the Saturday Night Special Bridge version of the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Quite the pleasure of seeing before for the first time at a hotel, better than the hospital. I will be the first to say that. Uh, and uh, it's great to see you, Ben. And great to see you, sir. And I want to welcome the rumblers, the ranters, the truthers. I want to welcome everybody out there. I want to thank all the people that have been downloading this podcast. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And remember, even if you download this podcast, go subscribe to our channel on Rumble and like vice versa. And of course, this show would not be complete without a historian. I bring that up for specific yes, reasons tonight. That's a very good reason. Very, and I really want to get into that. An economist. I really want to get into that. And those are the two most important things. Obviously, speechwriter, two presidents. He's an icon. He's an iconoclast. Most importantly, he's a father. He's a grandfather and a husband. And yeah. second, most importantly, he is the doctor, Benjamin Jones. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. And the reason I get into actor. that. Don't forget actor. Yes, but, but well, unless you're, uh, you're creating a civil war uh, recreation, uh, the, the reason I brought up historian is because it's Memorial Day, and I want ah, to wish ah. those. Is, is it Memorial Day? I thought Memorial Day was uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, it's, we're coming up on Memorial Day, and I want to wish people, uh, obviously, a, a happy Memorial Day weekend, and for all those that died, for us to be able to speak here tonight. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. They, Wait, they are on, forever. That's way too thick. I know it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. They My wonderful, from, wonderful valet, nurse, historian, bodyguard, and everyday uh, intelligent observer, Raul. Raul, why don't you wave to the people out there, to the nice people out there? <laughs> the reason I want to get into, into the Memorial Day thing before we start is because uh, I didn't even realize this until I was looking at it. Its roots start with the Civil War. And the Memorial Day started with observing the death of so very, very, very many human beings during the Civil War, which really should have been called the war between the states because if it, if it had been a civil war, the South would have been trying to take over the government of the United States of America by taking over Washington and taking over the electoral process. No such thing happened. The, the, the South tried to keep itself from being taken over by the Yankees whom they did not want running them. And the uh, that that made it, uh, it. I said otherwise, it would have been a civil war. If if, this, if there had been a real struggle over who was going to control the whole country, uh, that would have been uh, that would be a civil war. But the war where, where the South was just trying to stay independent—that's a war between the states. And I learned this from an African American historian. Of, 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 I'm sorry, I'm humiliated to say I don't remember his name, but he wrote a very fine book called Race and Economics. Are you done? That was it. I'm I'm, I'm done for that. Oh, okay, no, but the reason I thought the reason I, I I found it very interesting is because we, we this is the Memorial Day. What differentiates between Veterans Day is that this is the day we celebrate all of our armed forces, U.S. soldiers that died that have died. And well, November eleventh is, is because of, is the day that memorializes the end of the First World War. Right. And this memorializes all, as you show, as you show rightly say, memorializes all the incredibly brave soldiers and their families who fought and died in all of America's wars. 
And I, th I think it's re the reason I'm bringing it up so importantly, because as you've often brought up on time times on the show again, I think it's worth uh, of repeating uh, over and over again is that at the end of the day, the Civil War was fought uh, by Americans, and it was right. fought to uh, it was fought to free the slaves, obviously, but the, the the people that fought on the other side misguided or whatever they were still Americans it was brother fighting brother it was family member fighting family member and uh, an enormous amount of this country made sacrifices and uh I think well, it's and, and I think we, we could go a little farther into it show you know we, we uh and Mr Lincoln that's why you're president, not me. Uh, thank you Mr Lincoln very very interestingly said at the beginning of the Civil War when bloodshed had already started if I could fight this war and not free any of the slaves and keep the union together by fighting it and, and not freeing any of the slaves, I would do that. If I could fight this war by freeing some of the slaves and not freeing others of the slaves, I would do that. If I could fight this war by not changing anything, I would do that. But it, in fact, it turned out that, I, at least in my opinion, the Southerners jumped the gun a bit by uh, starting the uh, war by uh, shelling uh, for, for Sumter uh, yeah, Fort Sumter. And uh, that was a terrible, terrible mistake. And uh, they answered dearly for it. I mean, the, the percentage of Southern white men who died fighting in the war between the states is absolutely astronomical. It's almost unbelievable. And uh, it's, it, it, it gets up to the level of British or French uh, forces who were killed fighting in the First World War, which is a very, very large percentage. So I'm going to get wonky here because I'm actually really interested in this. And this isn't something that you don't always get to hear in schools or any pretty much anywhere else except the world, according to Ben Stein. So when you say the South, like sort of just was it was it a general that led it or was it just no, 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 was no, it a few no. troops that decided to go? No, 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 no. no the South uh, was very, very much afraid of losing slaves. Very, very much. afraid, And they were afraid of a, a, what's called a servile insurrection. Where the slaves would rise up and kill their masters and masters' families, uh, they were afraid of a chaotic. Uh, wait a second, that's too noisy, sir. Or that's too noisy. Look, you uh, gave him a minute of fame, and he gets noisy. Uh, the, uh, the 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 South wanted to keep its slaves. I could not agree more that that's disgusting, morally horrifying. The idea of one human being owning another is just horrific beyond words. Horrific, just incredibly horrific. And uh, so that's just, that was just terrible. But they were scared of it. And, and the Northern Republicans uh, and Midwestern Republicans and, and uh, to a large extent, uh, other Republicans uh, like in Pennsylvania said, we are fighting this war to free the slaves and we'll be happy to all die to free the slaves. And this really terrified the Southerners. And they thought if they could get in the first blow and uh, give the uh, Northerners an idea of how bloody and horrible it was going to be to fight this war, then maybe the Northerners would bow out and say, no, we, we decided it isn't worthwhile. So they attacked a uh, Union. And in fact, Lincoln, Lincoln said, upon being inaugurated, uh, well, here's what I'll do. If you will simply leave in place all Union establishments and fortifications in the southern states and not attack them we will not attack you and uh and but the southerners decided they were going to attack fort sumter in the charleston harbor anyway and that was a 
catastrophically bad mistake. Well, I want to thank you very much for that uh, that, that brilliant uh, history lesson. I, I, well, truly, it's, it, 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 it's very kind of you to say so, but uh, when I was in school, I'm, bear in mind, I'm 30 years older than you, I'm 31 years older than you, the uh, that kind of thing was taught to everyone. It's not, it, it's not Ben. You were blessed to be in good schools. Uh, you were blessed to uh, have an inquisitive mind, an inquisitive brain that's that has not stopped. So, for the most part, most people didn't get that same education that you did. Well, and I, that I that I do not know. I know it, I had as cousins. A, as it continued, a, as a, well, I, I, again, I don't know. As a, I had cousins. Uh, on both mother and father's side who lived in northern states. I grew up in a border state. And the cousins who lived in the northern states, mostly New York, uh, it's not, but not, not New York City, uh, Monticello, New York, and Schenectady, New York, uh, they were taught the same thing about how the, uh, the idea of the Civil War on the part of the northerners was to keep the Union together. And the idea of it on the part of the southerners was to uh, make sure the slaves did not get freed. Now, the slaves are going to have to get freed. I mean, everyone else pretty much in the world of Caucasian white people had already started freeing their slaves. They hadn't finished freeing them, but they had started freeing them. And it was just not going to happen that white countries were going to continue to have slaves, although it did actually incredibly, it did happen in some parts of the Caribbean for quite a long time. In South Africa. Uh, I'm not sure I would consider them slaves. I, I, I definitely treated horrifyingly badly. What was but apartheid I, then? I, I, I was no, no, apartheid was something totally different. I, I apartheid was, was saying that was saying that blacks and whites had different legal rules, but there were there's no ownership of blacks okay. by whites. That's in this incredible, incredible fact of slavery, which I find endlessly, unbelievably horrible, was that if I were a white person in 18 55, I would say, and had a few extra dollars in my pocket, I could buy a human being to be my slave, to be my slave and to attend on me and wait on me and, and even have sex with me. And then if we had babies, I could uh, sell them. I mean, th and that to me is so horrifying. It, it makes my hair curl. And it's just, it's unbelievable that that happened in this great United States of America, but it did. Well said, and if you just tuned in, you are listening to the Saturday Night Special of the World, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. As I mentioned, you are an economist, and I posted, uh, we had posted the uh, uh, the name of the show tonight, which, which is, is a very, very hard inflation. problem. With it about inflation, <laughs> somebody uh, remarked, uh, it, 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 I, I don't want to disparage their remark, but it was, uh, we're seeing inflation at at levels, uh, not since Jimmy Carter, and we've had quite a few presidents in between. So this person had made a comment. Well, it happens from presidency to presidency where it shifts. Not at the not not like not this. Just, uh, no, not, not like this. No. Not like uh, this. And there seems to be been a more controlled or approach to getting it to be knocked down or to work on it. Well, that, there's some there's some of that. Yes, yes, yes. And and it's which a, I'm saying I don't see, but you brought up inflation being a very scary thing. And it's obviously a very, number, very scary thing. The numbers came out the other day and they were not kind towards inflation. And you as a consumer of many different products 
see it in your uh, see it in your own life. It's, my shopping and my shopping basket. I do the yeah. shopping in my household. Yeah. My wife's a saint, a living, breathing saint, but she does not shop, and and uh, so I I don't think my wife has been shopping in literally decades. But I do like to shop, and I have my friends and my nurses who come shopping with me because I my knee was injured very badly several months ago, uh, and. Uh, uh, we go shopping and I noticed how much things cost. And I was thrilled to the marrow about six days ago. And I saw that the price of salmon, schooner bay, which is the best salmon there is, had gone down several dollars a pound. And the price of uh, prime ribeye, which I think is the best meat beef there is, had gone down by several dollars a pound. But uh, then when I went to the store yesterday, to my great disappointment, the price had gone up. To where they had been before and then some why ah uh, we're not sure why but but uh, usually it would be because there was a shortage of something having to do with making beef and, and with and with the uh, catching a fish uh what would be in the court case of meat would probably feed uh they feed cow cattle eat a great deal of food and uh, they have to be fed and that uh, costs a lot of money to feed a cow to uh, from child to adulthood and then slaughter it and or, or as Dr. Strange would say and then slaughter it and then uh, they uh, uh, so uh, it's an expensive process and, and it's the cost of farm labor has gone up. We have an extreme shortage of farm labor, especially skilled farm labor. So there are a lot of things that are raised causing a farmer and a rancher to have to pay more for what he's growing or she's growing. So you're very big into trends and you constantly say once a trend starts, it's extremely hard for that trend to stop. If it's a big, if it's a big subject, yes. I'm guessing inflation is a pretty big subject. Very, very, very big. I thought you were referring to food. Yes, it's a big, giant subject in food. The price of food is a gigantically important subject. I'm referring to it on a whole inflation because obviously, gigant, as we see, gigantically, gigantically as, important product. As we see it in the gas prices, as we see it in so many different things. I, I mean, you, I mean, you. I know with watering the lawn has nothing to do with inflation. That's always been. An extravagant, uh, an extravagant fee that Los Angeles uh, decides to <laughs> charge uh, people. But Ben, it, it, it hurts people, and I don't think Republicans. I don't see them. I don't know if they know it. I don't know if they know how to talk about it. I don't know if they understand it like you do. But it would be really helpful if Republicans, as they're agreeing tonight, supposedly that they have a deal on the debt ceiling, if somebody could really teach conservatives. About about how to speak about inflation. Because well, I that's think- a good point. My 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 mother, God rest her soul, a wonderfully wonderfully uh, smart economist herself, uh, used to say it was really simple. Inflation was too much money chasing too few goods or too few services. And actually, as I uh, rotate this in my poor feeble old brain, what I learn is that uh, we we can blame it on Mr. Fred, Dr. Fauci. Because he scared us so much that there was going to be another Great Depression because of COVID, that we decided we would just flood the country with money. And that way, there would be so much money floating around the country that it couldn't possibly have another Great Depression. And uh, in fact, his uh, prognostications, I think, I could be wrong, uh, proved to be much too grim. And we did not need to flood the country with quite so much money. And therefore, we did not need to have quite so much money chasing quite so few goods. And that was a really 
really a scary thing that he did. Uh, but I, I think, I mean, I don't blame him for doing it. I don't think he's a communist agent. I think he, uh, I think he did it trying to do his best, but he made a mistake. I, I, don't, I, 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 this is well, I don't think he tried to do it doing his best. I think there were, uh, uh, sadly, when people like that get into the position is if you look at the who right now, uh, they're trying to uh, regain a massive control over, uh, over by the who the, you mean the world else. Yes, obviously not the brilliant band, the who, uh, who, thank God, has not dressed up on stage yet as uh, Nazis. Uh, but uh, I, I think there is there, there are elements of, 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 of the bureaucracy that does like the, the once you give them this power, uh, it, it's a it's the biggest aphrodisiac they will ever have in their lives. And I well, I'm not quite sure, and I can I can I can comment on that up close and personal because in the last really terrible inflation we had when President Nixon was president, right after the Yom Kippur War and the Arab oil producing countries uh, to punish the U.S. for helping Israel, even, even though we didn't help Israel very much. Uh, cut off oil to the U.S. and to some Western European countries as well. And uh, so prices of gasoline and gasoline-derived uh, oil-derived products just skyrocketed on a scale that no one would have ever thought possible. And uh, suddenly we had, uh, where we had been upset with 40 cent or 50 cent a gallon gasoline, we suddenly had $3 a gallon gasoline. People were very, very upset about it. And so, but luckily we had a, a very good uh, uh, secretary of the treasury, Mr. Walker, and a very, very good head of the Federal Reserve, Mr. Walker. And uh, we, we did a very good job fighting inflation. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the man who was in charge of the fight had super good credentials and was recognized as being a super good, super strong economist. And that, the bully boys on Wall Street were not going to be able to push around. Uh, well, it's a, a very interesting topic to bring up is the very strong economists, very strong people at their job. And sadly, something we are sorely lacking, Ben, is uh, when you hire uh, uh, when you hire equity or equity over merit. And I, I, I think divert, about the, I say diversity, diversity over, over merit. And I think about the people you were raised with and the people your father, obviously, being one of the great economists of all time. You're very, and, you're I, very and, and, and obviously, and that's Herbert Stein. And I beg of people to always Google him every time I bring up his name. But God bless you, with, sir. Been, you know, Ben, it really seems different. It, it, it seems like, it, you know, you brought up Fauci, who, who, who famously said, I am science. And and really, and, my God, yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. yeah, yeah, he, I, I'm almost positive. And uh, but the reason I bring that up is because people from your father's generation uh, weren't certain, and they didn't claim to be men of certainty. And I look at the Einsteins of the world, the same thing. They didn't claim to be people of certainty. They claimed to be people of thought, and and they could be wrong. Right? That was a big thing about Einstein. It's a big thing about your dad. It's a big thing about Milton Friedman. There was no certainty. And sadly, we have these people now that are certain. They're well, absolutely... uh, they, unfortunately, there, <laughs> there were some people who were certain, but uh, they were certain and they turned out to be not only wrong, but catastrophically wrong. And I'm thinking specifically of Karl Marx, who, uh, was, who had absolute certainty that all history was a history of class struggle. And that once it could stop class struggle, 
by killing the people at the top of the class struggle, uh, they would have perfect peace, prosperity, and harmony for the rest of mankind's existence on Earth. And that turned out to just be a recipe and a formula for endless murder. Yeah, I think I think that's extremely well said, and I think that's uh, extremely extremely true. How do we get out of it? Is the question? Well, that is a hell of a question. We, the last time we got out of it, because Mr. Walker uh, and Mr. Volker threw the switch, and they really were willing to go to put the economy through the ringer. A phrase that I still remember with chills, as as I used to, uh, I used to pull up to the gas station in my little teeny tiny car and ask filled with gasoline and uh it was a the answer you answered uh, my question was which was a perfectly responsible answer question was uh when you guys have some leadership experience up in the sky uh yeah, then you can tell us what to do i love that but this is people know ben had the greatest uh the greatest trick for the gas crisis <laughs> he used wow. to rent cars yeah well no that was that but that was but that was when they were running out of gas. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, wasn't, it, didn't, it didn't have anything to do with the price, but we were having uh, crises where you would uh, you'd go into a gas station and they literally had no gasoline. And so you either had to uh, just abandon your car or you could go back to your home and leave your car in your driveway as long as you possibly could. But I lived in a neighborhood with quite a few rental car stations and when my car started to run out of gas, I would just rent another car. And they were so cheap in those days. It was unbelievable. If they were anywhere near as expensive as they are now, I would not have been able to do it. But they were cheap in those days. But, of course, every now, as I look back on everything's cheap. I, I, I wanted to bring something up. Uh, it, it was really shock. I mean, it's, nothing shocks me anymore. But uh, there's this, uh, there's this uh, video going around on uh tiktok it's called urbansville 2.0 and i guess there's a new drug out there ben and uh it's i'm like just a, shuddered to think what it is it's it's like a drug enhancer uh it's called uh the drug x y l a z i n e or trank which is a deadly sedative uh used to enhance the effects of heroin cocaine oh my fentanyl, god oh and my fentanyl. god oh my god and they That's have horrified. and they have pictures Horrible. wow uh if people could i can't show it because i can't get my if if you could only see this philadelphia it looks like the walking dead and i'm referring to at least 100 people in this video just uh walking around like like absolute zombies and I know people have been are a little prudish or a little skittish. And when Ben is, uh, and I, I definitely think you've drawn me more to your side of the camp with the with the weed thing. But is this what we want? No, it's certainly it, not what I want. No, no, I know, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, it, it, it it's this it, when the fight to legalize things. This is what you end up with. And, I'm afraid and, so. That, that that is boy, is that ever true, Judah? Uh, when I was a younger man, much 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 younger man, uh, which almost anybody is younger than I am, uh, there was a group called Normal National Organization for Reform of Marijuana Laws, and a young woman. Well, then she was young. She's my age now, so I don't even know if she can walk, but I assume she can. Uh, uh, or they were they were the ones funded largely by Hugh Hefner to uh, try to get marijuana laws 
changed and marijuana became a legal drug. And I must say, I think they succeeded quite well, but the result was catastrophic. Yeah, no, it's 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 an extremely it, it's one of those things that people nobody really wants to talk about it. Uh, nobody wants to have nobody has enough guts to I, I don't understand it. I, people are terrified of it. And I, I, I had to go to the doctor. There was an Uber ride back and I we were talking and I said and I, something I often say, it's they tell us not to open our eyes. And it's it's they're, they're, the media, the media and big tech are, are telling us, don't open your eyes and looking what it's in front. Look and look at what's in front of you. Don't look at the homeless epidemic. Don't look at the don't look at oh, the, God. Uh, at, terrible. At, terrible. At, don't look at the drug epidemic and don't don't look at this stuff. And uh, I, I know you brought up and it's true. I mean, Ben bothered has been. <laughs> Bugs me quite a bit about uh, shaving, and and the fact that I don't shave. And the reason I decided to be clean shaven and live a sort of cleaner life is because, obviously, after what happened to me last week, it 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 did have a sort of spiritual, profound impact on me that I don't want to lose. And uh, I don't I don't think of any I can't think of anything else other than getting sober that's sort of scared me straight. And uh, I wish my dear friends out there could have seen our beloved Judah in this wonderful hospital. Uh, And he when we walked into his room, he said, well, it's 65, 35, 65 percent chance I live, 35 percent chance I die. And uh, I said, you you have to be kidding. Everyone dies. But uh, really, are the odds that little in your favor? He said, yes. They tell me. But I think someone must have told Mr. Faust, doc, Dr. Fauci, that uh, that was a chance of a major depression. Uh, it was 65, 35, 65 that we would have one. And uh, wow, that's, that, that scared people to death because that depression was really something. And but, but my bigger but the bigger <laughs> point is there has to be a spiritual revival in our country. And I, I don't know, it, it, you and I have had inciting incidents in your life that have led to, forget about economic or work, but spiritual as far as family and friendships go. You've often shared that the 12-step saved your family life as it did mine, and it improved your relationship with your folks as it did mine, with wifey, as it, obviously not with my, I'm not married, but it's, 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 it's would have pretty strange if that happened. It, but but it seems Ben that people have I, I I don't that, that people have many inciting incidents and it doesn't seem to change people. There is no there is no and the lack of spirit the lack of of some sort of moral compass whatever you want to call that moral compass has gone so askew in our country. Uh, I was reading this some guy a big guy on Twitter said you know he he just can't be friends with anybody obviously that voted for Trump. And I'm thinking to myself, and we know people like that. And I'm thinking to myself, God, how miserable that must be to be that person. And how much, how miserable people must be to follow that person. And actually hit the like button as something like that is spewed out of somebody's mouth. And I don't know what gets us because I, that's the only healing I see. 
Uh, it's the only healing I see for our country, for our, even for inflation, for that matter, because we're so far apart, ideology, the way we view the world, the way we financially view the world, man. Uh, not well, you and I. I'm well, we're very, very, very far apart, uh, and I don't uh, think it's getting any closer. I think on an individual basis, we had our very good friend Peter on a couple of days ago, as we so often do, and he said that a lot of these problems in America are going to have to be solved on a person-by-person basis and neighbor-by-neighbor, family-by-family. And I think that's true about inflation, too. There's a, 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 my father had a wonderful aphorism about the inflation in the, uh, latter, in the latter days of Nixon, beginning days of Ford, uh, about how, how to uh, triumph over inflation. You should make more money. And uh, he was then in a position to make more money because he was a very, very much sought after speaker as an economist, as I, as I was until quite recently, uh, when people discovered that I really meant it when I said that I liked Trump. Anyway, and then uh, I, uh, but, <laughs> but it really is true. I mean, we, we can solve this inflation problem in part by having people work harder, make more money and make more goods and services. And then we'll have, a, we'll not have this problem of too much money chasing too few goods. We'll have more goods and more, more money chasing those goods how much would how much more would it help if we were energy independent again if we were selling energy if we were obviously if we had more oil if we were fracking again how much how much how much of a factor in inflation is that uh i quite a large factor in inflation we saw uh when uh mr uh biden cut back on uh, uh fracking even on federal land which is a pretty small tub percentage of all the fractures being done, uh, it had a big effect on prices. So uh, pri- uh, price uh, movements uh, for uh, oil and other energy products are, uh, those are, as they say, price inelastic. Uh, if, uh, if there's a small movement in uh, prices, it has a, a small movement in supply with a very large impact on prices. So maybe I have that backwards. Anyway, if you have a small, a small impact on uh, production, you're gonna have a small impact on prices. If you have a large impact on production, you're gonna have a large impact on prices. But we do know that there's such a thing as the post hoc ergo propter hoc fallacy, which means because such and such happened, such and such else happened, and therefore the first thing caused the second thing. Is that necessarily true? It does very often seem to be, although not always, but very often. Extremely well said. And I just want to say what Catherine said in the chats. Hate begets hate. Love covers, quote, a multitude of sin and heals. And uh, I, uh, I I like that. And uh, I, I just think it's also really, really important because I brought it up on the show. As people know, I'm a dog park aficionado. And when I had to be taken to the hospital, I had to leave my dog at home. And I was able to call a few people from the building. And, and the person that helped the most out uh, was the person... <laughs> at the dog park that I was praying he never Googles my name or the show uh, who uh, came by my apartment until I could get a dog sitter and uh, took my dog out three or four times a day. Well, that and, is wonderful friend indeed. That is a wonderful friend. And, and, and I would pray that the day comes that he, that he knows that, 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 that it's about our hearts and our souls. It's not about what party affiliation we are. And it's been I think that's very true. And they've demonized it so much. There's been so much demonization of people like us 
we don't demonize people. We truly don't. Uh, we, we, we're skeptical. We're a little, uh, we're, we're, we could be doubtful. We're often, we're often doubtful, but, but, but we, 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 don't, we, I've never heard of a group of Republicans getting together to fire a bunch of writers, uh, who are Democrats and, right. uh, that that's happening constantly in Hollywood. Now we have our writer's strike, which is a bad thing, but, uh, Things have been very, very hard on conservatives in Hollywood for a very long time, and I've—it's happened to me over and over again. And uh, that's why I, you're not going to see the rich Ben Stein on here anymore. Uh, I—it's uh, it can happen. And it's—it's it's also important to point out because I have a friend that is—he's uh, very into this uh, chat, uh, the chat uh, AI thing, and uh, he constantly sends me Ben, and it, it, you'd be amazed. That you could pretty much write a script with chat gbi i think it's called whatever you could these people don't realize because they didn't realize for a long time how replaceable people are but be, you could type in ben stein debates paul krugman and a debate between the two of you will come up yeah. and i gotta tell you <laughs> he showed he showed me the debate ben. and it's freakish and then he had Pepe Le Pew uh, moderating the debate. And it was, it was, it was, and then he had you on a Seinfeld episode where you were going to teach a course on economics. I'm not kidding. It was a script. It was, a, well, it was literally a scene from Seinfeld of you. And, and I'm thinking to myself, you writers better be careful. Yep. Everybody at some point, if you're not careful, yes, is replaceable you bet and not not only not only intellectual work physical work too i mean robots are going to be able to do an awful lot of the work that's presently being done by skilled humans uh, i mean it's really going to be soon but anyway i have to stop okay i'm very very I know, tired I know. I We're running, we've, we've totally run out of time i just want to thank everybody and uh, i just want to end on one piece of good note because i said to you today What's your, what's your, what's your fate? I'm curious for people uh, in the chats, leave it on the truth and whatever. But I said to you, what's your, what, what's your perfect song? What's, what's that song that you think was perfection? And, and what was it that you said? Well, I think it was either Southern Cross by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, or, oh, no, 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 Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones. And I'll say my two, just because I think Africa by Toto is, is one of the most perfect songs ever written. I'm always put it in Leonard Skinner's Sweet Home Alabama. I think, oh, they're, I think they're two most perfect songs that have ever been created. Uh, always put me in a good mood and uh, you need to be put in a good mood sometimes And music. That's why music is so darn important. So whatever your thoughts are on that, God bless you. Uh, thank you. The rumblers, the ranthers, the truthers. Uh, God bless everybody in this Memorial Day weekend. I want to thank God you. God bless those who, sacrifice themselves their health their limbs their families peace of mind forever to keep this country free well said uh ben stein you can find them at newsmax you can find them at spectator.org which is american spectator take us out however you'd like that i want to say if i may treasure your wife or husband or spouse or those close to you your friends are your main bulwark in times of trouble. I have a friend uh, whom I hardly ever see, don't see her for years on end. She's had some very hard times health-wise, and uh, those have led to hard, hard times uh, economics-wise. And uh, she wrote to me something rather touching. She didn't think she had it in her, 
He said, it's just time for us to humble ourselves before the Lord. Brilliantly said. God bless you all. God bless America. We'll see everybody on Tuesday night.